What's up? Welcome back to The Word with G right here on Acadiana's Best Sports Leader for Acadiana's Best Sports fans, ESPN 1420. Don't forget our ESPN 1420 mobile app. You can download it for free. It's everybody's favorite four-letter word that begins with an F, and you can take us on the go wherever your day may take you. It's being sponsored by Mendez's Seafood Bar and Grill down on Ducey Road. And listen live, player V, the stream is being brought to you by Michael's Men's Club, fine food and beautiful women. All right, we're going to kind of switch up and change topics a little bit. We're going to talk about sports and business and professional sports and what it's like for, you know, the mergers and acquisitions of big time sports franchises and how part ownership becomes available and, and, and why a lot of these celebrities and owner and, and, and athletes are becoming owners and part owners of different franchises and a bunch of different topics. And uh, joining us now from uh, Whitecap Sports Group, he's the managing partner for them, Mr. Bob Melandro. Bob, welcome in. What's going on, man? Hey, Greg. Thanks for having me. No doubt. Thanks for being here. So first and foremost, tell us a little bit about um, being a managing partner for Whitecap Sports Group. I know you've uh, you've been there for about four or five years now. And just talk to us a little bit about exactly what you guys do, because I'm sure you can explain it much more, <laughs> much better than I can. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would hope so. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Whitecap Sports Group is a, um, a sports merger and acquisition firm. I launched the firm. Uh, personally, when I moved to Tampa about four or five years ago from the Northeast. But um, I've, I've been in the industry for about 12, 13 years, buying and selling pro sports teams or putting investors into sports opportunities. And, and that's what Whitecap Sports does, is we put investors into sports-related opportunities. And some, that can mean a lot of different things. Sometimes it's somebody who wants to get involved in a sports tech opportunity or a startup or a facility. But most of the time, um, it is sports ownership and people that want to own uh, minor league baseball teams or, or parts of NBA, um, you know, basketball teams or, you know, could even be esports. So, um, you know, that's the work we do, and uh, it, it, it's been busy. Yeah, what's the, uh, what's, what's the best part or the most unique part of, of your job or the, the, the part of your job that you, you enjoy the most? Is it getting a chance to work with these different athletes and, and, and ownership groups and, and celebrities and whatnot, or is it the you know working with the with the teams? What what do you enjoy most about this 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 unique spot that you're in? You know, I guess it, we don't really work all that directly with the teams, believe okay. it or not. Um, we'll work with the buyers and sellers, and the teams actually get engaged towards the tail end of the process. But I would say, you know, the most interesting part of of what I do is, you know, these are very challenging things to do. When you think about it, you know, very few people wake up and think like, hey, I'm going to become a, an owner of a sports team today. So, you know, there, it's, there's not a lot of traction. There's not, not a lot of, um, as I would say, you know, transaction volume, right? So there's not a lot of deals that get done over the course of a year. They're very, you know, spread out. So by virtue of that, they become very unique, very, very, um, you know, sometimes difficult transactions to get done. And I guess the most rewarding part is, you know, representing a seller, for instance, and going out and finding that needle in a haystack, you know, that perfect buyer that's going to come in and not just complete the transactionally, you know, by writing a check, but being a great strategic owner that's going to uh, come into a market and, and potentially improve it, mm-hmm. you know, by virtue of experience they have in, 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 other, in other types of businesses. Yeah, so there are, again, Bob Melandro, our guest here of Whitecap Sports Group. So when you do have that instance, there are many different, say, you're trying to 
there's a there's a team that's that's trying to sell part of the team or whatever it is you have multiple buyers or potential buyers or clients that want to get involved with this and you guys are kind of the if i understand it correctly are kind of the middlemen just just try to okay feel and pick out the the best one or vet the best i guess potential client to buy the stake of that team like you said to kind of come in and you as you mentioned will improve the franchise and improve the community and and everything that that goes on around with that franchise yeah, that, that's largely true, Greg, and you have to understand, in, in minor league sports, it's a very different paradigm than major league sports. In minor mm-hmm. league sports, the community aspect is really important, yep. okay? So, you know, the owner of a minor league baseball team in any uh, market is, is typically very integrated into the community. So their ability to interface and provide opportunity in the community and grow the business in a way that you know positively impacts everybody is, is, is you know immensely important. So when we look for a buyer in those instances, those are those are critical factors we have to take into consideration. At the major league level, it's very different. Um, you know everybody knows who these major league owners are, and they certainly invest money in you know philanthropic enterprises and impact the community you know economically in that way. But they're far less hands-on. So like to your point about you know choosing a buyer. If you look at the most current one that's, you know, getting a lot of press, let's say the New York Mets deal, yep. you know, there's at least three prominent buyers that are vying for that franchise that you read about frequently, and they all bring different things to the table. But I will tell you unequivocally, the person who will get the New York Mets is the person that pays the most money. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I am a Mets fan, so uh, I hope I hope it, it it's somebody who will turn this franchise around a little bit, The what the, I would say the Wilpons are not my favorite owners, but they're they're ahead of James Dolan. I will say that. <laughs> okay, uh, I'm going to not comment on that because uh, <laughs> that could adversely affect my business. Understandable. But, um, I, I understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. Just that's a fan. The fan in me just kind of came out there a little bit. I apologize. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm a big fan, and you and I both uh, came, you know, from the same uh, part of the country, and uh, we definitely overlap our in fan interest. Definitely. Um, so, so when it comes to getting into this this industry and this business, what drove it to, you or what 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 um, what drew drew it to you? Why did you want to get involved in the mergers and acquisitions of of sports franchises with certain buying groups and celebrities and athletes and and, and, and all of this? What drew that drew you to this? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, it really takes a lot of things into consideration. I mean, what we do is very unique. I mean, you will not come across a lot of people uh, in your travels that say, hey, I buy and sell pro sports teams. And that's another kind of an in- fun thing that we come across from time to time is when people ask us what we do because usually it uh, does, um, you know, stimulate interest. But, you know, my personal trajectory, I think when I explain it, it will make a lot of sense. You know, right out of school I, I got involved in, in finance, uh, worked on Wall Street for a number of years and in financial services. So, you know, that was the the economic uh, aspect of what we do. And then, you know, took a little bit of a detour mid-career and started working with a sports marketing firm in New York that had uh, agreements in place to help major league teams, you know, develop ancillary revenue streams. And, you know, that helped me, you know, get a, get, a, get a feel for how teams make money, how they spend, how they lose money, and, and how they grow their businesses. And what I do now is kind of hybrid of that. You know, it has the actual economic component, but it also has a component, and, of course, the sports component. And uh, being a lifelong sports fan who didn't want to necessarily 
throw out all the work I had done up to that point, you know, learning, um, you know, financial markets, you know, this is kind of a perfect fit for what I do. Again, Bob Melandro, our guest here on The Word with G. Now, you, I didn't really realize this until I watched something that you guys had put out yesterday uh, called the White Cap Chat, and um, you guys were talking, it was you and your, your, your team down there in Tampa talking about different celebrities and athletes that are part of ownership groups. Talk about some of the, the more unique athletes and celebrities that, that you, know, you guys were talking about in the White Cap Chat and just about what you guys do every so often with those White Cap Chats just to kind of inform people about different ownership groups and, and celebrities or athletes that, that, that own parts of uh, franchises that you might not know about? Sure. Well, Whitecap Chat is just really a, uh, you know, it's kind of a back-of-the-napkin idea that we were talking about <laughs> one day about, you know, maybe just putting something out there, some video content that addressed, you know, topics that were, you know, trending, you know, as far as sports business or sports ownership. So we have a little fun with that. And, Anybody who goes to our website can can down uh, you don't have to download you can just watch them yeah. um, all the you know they're all under five minutes and they all typically cover one topic and you know we have a little fun answering it and and hopefully creating a little awareness um, and and giving people information that they may not have had uh, but to the athlete celebrity aspect which we we discussed yesterday ironically this is really you know a burgeoning trend I mean so. There's always been athletes and celebrities that had shares of, of pro sports teams, but you didn't really hear about it all that much. Um, but now it's becoming very prevalent. I mean, if you look in the last year alone, um, there's some really prominent athletes that have stepped up and bought uh, pieces of pro sports teams. You have Aaron Rodgers with the Milwaukee Bucks. You have Kevin Durant with the Philadelphia Union in MLS. You have James Harden with the Houston MLS team. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, um, bought a piece of the uh, Phoenix Suns, for instance. So uh, LeBron James has owned a piece of Liverpool in, uh, in the EPL for a number of years. So, and, and there's dozens of others uh, that you may or may not know about. So this is really a trend that we expect to see growing uh, exponentially in the next couple of years for a couple of reasons. One is at- athletes and celebrities now have the type of capital that has only – historically been associated with, with, you know, very, you know, multimillionaires and billionaires and uh, where they could participate in these types of deals, which, which take, you know, you need a lot of chips to sit at this table. Yeah. And uh, so they, there's that aspect. But the other part that I think is really important outside of the money is that, you know, you know, these very well-known, you know, pop culture icons are very much, um, you know, interested in growing their brand. And part of growing your brand is participating in multi-platform delivery methods. So, for instance, if you own a piece of a sports franchise, there's so many ways that you could promote your brand and activate, you know, um, you know, followers along the way in conjunction with that sports ownership, whether it be, you know, social issues or sports issues or, like I said, pop culture issues. Um, you know, that's why you see a lot of these people diving into the pool, so to speak. And the other thing, the last thing about it, it is, it is the shiny toy that your friends just can't go buy. So if you're a famous celebrity, you could have, anybody can go buy a bunch of cars or boats or houses, um, and travel, and you could spend money on all these things. And so can your friends, because you're all really wealthy. But if you go find a piece of an NBA basketball team, uh, you win. 
<laughs> so <laughs> you, you, know, you win that game. And uh, that, I think a lot of them, not that they do it for vanity or cachet reasons, because these, these are traditionally good investments over time, uh, but they are very unique. They are scarce, and they have very high cachet. Bob Melandro again, chopping it up with us here on The Word with G. Speaking of winning, I was a little disappointed uh, that that nobody was able to come away with the uh, – I'm, now I'm ruining the white cap chat that, uh, that – I'm just kind of spoiling it. Nobody was able to win the gift card that, uh, that you were going to give away to one of your three uh, 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 business associates or, you know, your uh, people that – your employees there that were playing the game with you. Uh, a little disappointed, but I guess everybody won because, you know, they got to go out to lunch with you there and you you probably paid for it. That's right. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's like the opposite of yeah. not winning is, is they all won because yeah. they, they're all really good at what they do. And uh, that was part of what we wanted to highlight is that, you know, we hire really talented people that work hard, that, that stay up to date on what's going on in the industry. And, and that's, you know, they give back to the firm. And, um, yeah. and that's really important. We couldn't do what we do, you know, without the contributions of everybody. That's incredible. And uh, speaking of these celebrities and these athletes, you know, buying and, and becoming part owners of these teams and these franchises and whatnot. Uh, is this, is this is kind of a, as you mentioned, kind of a recent trend over the last, are we talking like the last five years, the last 10 years, the last 20 years, when have you guys kind of seen this kind of uptick? And I know you've only been in this particular industry within this, you know, the, this company for the last five years, but has this been kind of a trend that's been slowly growing? Has it just kind of come on recently? What it, what has that been? Well, it's been it's been slowing slowly growing. Mm-hmm. I, I would say for decades, yeah. but I would say in the last two or three years, it has spiked significantly. Yeah, and and, um, and I suspect that's con- that's that will continue. I mean, we have calls scheduled almost daily with athlete and celebrity agents that want to know how to, you know, what opportunities that we have that they can make available to their clients. That's awesome. And you mentioned the Mets before, and I was going to ask you about them before you even brought it up, because when we were talking about it, I know there's Steve Cohen in a group, and then there is, you know, it's A-Rod and J-Lo, and then in that group, it's like A-Rod, J-Lo, Travis Kelsey, uh, Brian Erlacher, Mason Plumley. Like, there's a yeah. ton of athletes that are involved in that group, and it was just very outstanding to me. Or just, it, it really stood out to me because I didn't realize that. Look, all of these athletes and these celebrities and whatnot could go into one group to potentially buy a franchise, and that's kind of how it, it gets done. Well, yes and no. I mean, that's the good. I mean, the good thing about it is it's really diverse, mm-hmm. and it gives. These teams, you know, that star power, and, and certain teams don't necessarily need star power. Like, if you're the L.A. Lakers, like, you, you know, that's the star, right? If you're the New York Yankees, if you're the Dallas Cowboys, the team is the star. But in some markets, like, you want to elevate your brand, especially you look at the Mets. Like, they're in the market with the Yankees. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they, they really should be doing everything they can to add additional cachet, and, and, and obviously they want to win. So winning would be the best thing they could do, but adding star power to the team uh, is not a bad idea. But you also have to look at it from the standpoint of to get a deal done that's a $2 billion deal or more, in many cases, you need a lot of people to cobble together the money, uh, not just to, to make the acquisition, but to fund the business. Now, in the Mets case, you know, two of the three – uh, entities that are vying uh, don't necessarily have to put together a group. They're, they're extraordinarily well capitalized, and that's, that's been documented. Uh, not to take anything away from the, 
the A-Rod group because there's some really high net worth people in that group too, but it's just, you know, it's spread out a little more. It, 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 you know, it, it actually mirrors most of the deals that you'll be seeing going forward. I think as these deals get to be two, three, four billion dollars, um, you're not going to just see one guy write a check and, you know, sit on top of the mountain. No doubt about it. Again, hanging with Bob Melandro here of Whitecap Sports Group. All right, uh, there was I was scrolling through the LinkedIn on on Whitecap Sports Group, and I came across an interesting chart here um, about teams gaining value even during a pandemic. Man, how is that? How is that possible? Uh, well, that's a great question because if you if you look at it from the standpoint of like, okay, everything else seems to be adversely affected. Why yeah. is in sports? And that's because sports. Ownership is a long-term investment by nature. Mm-hmm. So you're not in it for a six-month or a one-year, even a five-year period. You know, when you invest in a major league sports team, you're basically planning to be in for 10, 15, 20 years, ideally. Not that you have to be. Um, there's more liquidity than people realize, but it is a long-term investment. And by and large, nothing has changed the long-term prognosis for sports. They're still going to you know, people, nobody thinks they're not going to be playing games. It's just a matter of 2020 being, you know, somewhat of an outlier and an aberration from an economic standpoint. But, you know, I think everybody expects that 2021, if not certainly 2022, uh, everything will be, you know, back the way it was. And for people who are looking, you know, 10 years over the dashboard, it's almost irrelevant um, economically, uh, the fact that they had to take a few months off. Now, what makes an NFL franchise such a great great investment for somebody to kind of get involved with? And in, in, in sports, is that the best in, in investment you can make in, in terms of putting your money in, into a uh, professional sports franchise? If you could afford it, I, I would highly recommend <laughs> the NFL. I mean, you know, what makes it very, I think, very appealing are, are a couple things. Is One, they're, they're extremely scarce. They're, NFL opportunities are tough to come by. Uh, number two, they've appreciated wildly um, over time. And three, and probably the most important thing, is they're, they're almost always cash flow positive. So when you look at other sports, I think everybody just presumes that these teams all print money. I can assure you they do not. Um, they, may, they may appreciate in value year over year, and they do, uh, but they don't necessarily cash flow heavily. And, but the NFL does. And the NFL, because of their, their tremendous media rights deals, um, are always in the black. And investors in the NFL um, are typically you know, far ahead of the other major sports when it, when it comes to economics. Bob Melandro has been our guest here on The Word with G. You can follow Whitecap Sports up on Twitter at Whitecap Sports. You can find them online at whitecapsports.com. Check them out on LinkedIn as well, Whitecap Sports Group. Anything else, Bob, that you wanted to add before we uh, wrap up? No, you did all my work for me. You, you mentioned uh, our website. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We just started ah, Instagram, so don't judge us because we don't have a million followers. But we just started, and we're doing some really cool promos and giveaways and, uh, you know, to get people to, to follow our content. And, um, you know, I appreciate you having me on, and, and, and I always love talking about what we do and, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, you know, telling our – story to, to people that might not have heard it before yeah absolutely well I, I now that i'm i'm thinking about it i got one more for you what and you, you talk about instagram and twitter and whatnot what why should the common man who can't afford to purchase a, a professional sports franchise is there why should they go and follow you and keep up with you guys 
Well, a couple reasons. Uh, one is I think everybody seems to be interested in it. So mm-hmm. even if you're not the person writing the check, I find that people are typically interested in who is writing the check. But believe it or not, you don't have to be a billionaire to be a sports owner. Most people think you do. But the fact of the matter is, uh, you know, we've gotten involved in transactions at almost every possible level um, you know, economically. So, yes, to be involved in a major league sports team, to buy the team, you need a couple billion dollars. To invest at a, you know, minority ownership level, you might only need 1% of that. But going down even further, what about if it was minor league baseball or minor league hockey? Those, tra- those teams traded a, f- a fraction of the major league teams. And then we've done a lot of deals in summer league baseball, which I suspect you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's another level of investment. So believe it or not, uh, there's a lot of participation points. If somebody wants to get involved in sports at an ownership level, uh, they're, they're, you know, they should actually, you know, feel free to reach out to us because there's a lot of different uh, ways to do that without writing, you know, an enormous check. Hey, I'm a big sports guy. I would love to do that. Maybe we can have a conversation about that off the air. Absolutely. All right, man, Bob, it's been great to talk to you. We'll definitely talk about that off the air and uh, have a great rest of the week and a great weekend as well. Thanks, Greg. You as well. There he goes. Bob Melandro here, our guest on The Word with 